This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee in terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, We understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This video is sponsored by Voxy. So after a big 1-0 win against Blackburn, it is Sunderland next. Uh, delighted to be joined by Paddy from the Roker Report. How are you doing, Paddy? Not too bad, mate. How are yourself? Yeah, decent, thank you. I was literally just saying, like, before we went live, um, it's been a big season for Sunderland, I guess. After last season, getting into the top six, there was always going to be that expectation, wasn't there, around Sunderland this season. How do you think you've done so far? Yeah, I agree. I think there was a lot of expectation. Um, I think a lot of, you know, it was it was natural that when we finished top six last season, there was going to be a lot of calls for, you know, the same, if not better, to be repeated this year. Um, it hasn't quite panned out that way. Um, but you know, we've had a bit of a up and down season, but we've kind of we've always been within touching distance of the top six, which I think is, you know, it's good. It shows that you know it gives a lot of credit to the team. I think to be always within touching distance of you know what is a what is a much tougher championship this season. I think compared to last year. I mean, it's not very often the three teams who have come down are so strong straight away. You know, the the first year we were back in the championship. Um, you know, you had I know Norwich and Watford were there, and you know they had pretty you know neither here or there sort of seasons, but. You know, you've had it where you've got three strong teams who come down, and then you've got Ipswich who've, you know, kind of, even if they have dropped off a little bit, you know, they are still still up there. They're still one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, it, it has it has been a tougher season. Um, I think, you know, we've we've kind of, we've had this habit of, we've dropped points in games where you look at it and think we should win. And then, you know, we've picked up points. I mean, you know, we, we thumped Southampton earlier in the season we beat Leeds in December where you know you look on paper and you think they are going to be tough games and you know, it wasn't to be we, we got the points and then we you know games like in our midweek game you know we went to Huddersfield who were struggling down the wrong end of the table and we just didn't turn up and we lost so it's it's been one of those sort of seasons really it's been quite frustrating um but I think we're we're about where we deserve to be, you know, just sort of top ten on the fringes of the playoffs, and yeah, I mean, anything can happen. Really, there's still plenty of points to play for. Mm, exactly, in the championship, it moves around so much, doesn't it? And I looked at sort of Sunderland's uh, last season compared to this season, like at the same point, 
So last season at this point, Sunderland were fifth, but actually only a point better off, which is strange when you sort of look into it. But then when you see sort of how many games Sunderland lost last season compared to this season, um, they lost four less games at this point last season. Um, obviously, with the whole managerial situation, we've now got Tony Mowbray. Obviously, your former manager, you've now got Michael Bill. I looked into the social media side of what the fans think of the manager. It's mainly negative, isn't it? Do you sort of share that opinion? To be honest, I don't think so. I mean, you know, there was a lot of fans were basically calling for him to be sacked before he'd been appointed, which was just ridiculous. You know, I mean, a lot of fans did go over the top. Um, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly overwhelmed when I heard he's going to the new manager, but it's a case of you know, I kind of looked at him more as a coach than a manager because you know we have managers in as a head coach. You know, uh, Tony Mowbray was head coach and. Uh, Alex Neil before him, so you know the the model we've got. We bring in head coaches rather than managers, and you know he, he had a lot of very high praise as a coach. You know he was he was assistant at Villa, um, he was a coach at Liverpool and Chelsea, and you know a coach at Rangers as well before he, he got the top job there. And you know there was a lot of praise for him, so I was thinking, you know, he's in as a coach. You know, let's at least give him a chance and not write him off before we've appointed him and. You know, it's it's been a very frustrating run of games because we have in certain games we've very much sort of ground our way to three points. Um, the second half of our win against Plymouth at the weekend was that first. It's the first time we've really seen the players kind of go out and be able to express themselves in a way what we've become used to. We've not seen enough of that. Um, you know, we beat Stoke, but that was a case. Of, I think Stoke were were very bad on the day and we took our chances and they didn't, which, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that is all we're counting in certain games. But no, I mean, I, I just want, I just want to give him time really. I mean, he's still only been in charge for like it's nine or 10 league games. And, you know, some of the things he, he's come out and said in the press, I do think a lot of it has been twisted. A lot of the things I think he shouldn't have said, and he's just kind of almost, I've shot myself in the foot really, but you know, he's, He's here now. He's he's given a good go. He's you know he he's mixed things up. I think we we have seen him trying to make a difference and and change the way we play because as much as you know I was a huge fan of Tony Mowbray towards the end of his time at Sunderland, we were going backwards in terms of performances. We were you know we were having plenty of possession, plenty of shots on goal, but we weren't scoring. And you know it was it, it was getting quite frustrating, and it was getting to the point where you could kind of see that a change was needed and I think we did make the change at the right time whether or not we've replaced him with the right manager or with the right head coach you kind of for me you can't really judge until the end of the season I mean Michael Bale's got 14 more games this season like I said we're a point off the playoffs we're five points off West Brom who we still have to play this season and you know I think that's what's important as well we do still have to play a lot of the teams who you know, I mean, there's the best part of sort of nine teams, ten teams are probably going for two spots now in the playoffs. And, you know, it, it feels like a new team occupies those two places every week. You know, I mean, at the weekend it was Sunderland, obviously West Brom moved up there, Hull have been moving around. And, you know, it's it, it, for, for the neutral, it must be brilliant. But as one of the teams involved in it, you're kind of thinking, you know, you're winning, then you think, right, 
how how the other teams doing, and the same when you lose, you know, well they've lost as well, so we've not lost any ground, but it's you know it's 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 just it's contagious really the way you think about it. And every week, obviously, you know, the closer you get towards the end of the season, every week you're thinking, right, we need so and so to do us a favour, and we need them to go and drop points, and we need to better how they do. But no, I mean, overall, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, the expectation was to at least match last season, and obviously we still can do that. But, you know, the, the point you've made there about how, you know, we're, this time last season we were fifth, um, but only, you know, a point or two better off, it just goes to show just how how competitive the, the the league is this season. It's just, it's so hard to call. I think it's the same down the bottom of the league as well. I mean, I think other than probably Rotherham, who I think are gone, it's just, you know, you sort of one win from... You know, being able to breathe and then one defeat from being back in the drop zone. <laughs> yeah, I think Birmingham fans know that more than any others, don't they? With you know, fluctuating between the relegation zone and then looking upwards, because obviously after the win against Blackburn, the fans are now like, oh, okay, right, let's see what we can do, sort of looking upwards. But after the Sheffield Wednesday game, it was very much doom and gloom, sort of like looking below us and going, we could get sucked into it here. So that's just the nature of the championship, isn't it? But um, speaking more about Tony Mowbray, obviously manager of both our teams at, at one point. You said about the fact that, you know, towards the end of Mowbray's time, there was a lot of possession, a lot of shots on target, but perhaps not that, you know, end product to get points to move you guys up the table. With Mowbray so far, we've seen all the shots happen, maybe not as many on target as we'd like. And there's some ridiculous statistic that it took us, what, 70 plus shots to get a goal in the last four games. And it got it against uh, Blackburn Rovers as Andre Tazel scoring. But in terms of sort of Mowbray's style of football, what can we expect more of going forward? I think you can sort of expect just good, good football. It's good on the eye, um, and I think you will end up getting games where everything clicks and the goals will come. I mean, the best example for us this season was the the five nil against Southampton, where you know we were going into that game and thinking, right, these have looked pretty, you know, pretty intimidating so far this season. We'd had a if he started, you know, we we lost our first two. Then we we got our first win against Rotherham. You know, we were sort of not not we didn't get we didn't fly out the blocks. Um, and then when Southampton came, it was a case of you know you know we take a point before kickoff really. But you know, in that game, I mean, just you know, it helped that Southampton were bad on the day, but everything just clicked for for Mowbray. You know, he got us playing. You know, he, he got I think we had obviously Clark and Roberts starting out wide and they just absolutely terrorised the Southampton defenders and that that's the sort of thing what we became used to last season where it was a case of he'll just he'll get you playing with plenty of possession the chances will come and then obviously as you've seen so far you know that as long as you're creating the chances the the goals will come because you know we had times last season where you know we would absolutely dominate games you know we'd pass teams off the park well 60-70% of the ball and we just couldn't get the breakthrough. I mean, there was one home game where we had Reading and, you know, we were just, I think we had over 70% of the ball at one point and we were just absolutely peppering the Reading box. And we did get a winner in the end, about five minutes to go. And it, you, you watch the highlights back and it's like, it, you know, another day could have been six or seven. But that's what Moby gets you. He gets you playing possession football and he likes to have his players go out and, you know, he made a big point when he spoke to the press when he was at Sunderland. He made a big point of saying, 
I want the players to go out and just express themselves. I don't want it sort of imprint or sort of force them into doing things, doing his way, his way of playing football. Um, and I think that was why we saw a lot of success at Sunderland because, you know, we have a very young squad. He basically went out and said, you know, don't play with any fear, play football your way. And we saw brilliant results from that. You know what I mean? We, we went on a, towards the end of the season, I think we went on a 10 or 11 game unbeaten run just because we just got in teams' faces and we just, we played football where you could just tell all the players were were clicking and enjoying it. So, yeah, I think that's, that's the main take what I'd probably put from a, for a, for a Tony Mowbray team. It would be that sort of, yeah, just getting the players to play without fear, really. And I know that can be hard when you're at the wrong end of the table. Um, but if he can get that, then I think he'll, he'll pull away pretty quickly, to be honest, because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of football is all about confidence. And if you've got a bit of confidence flowing through the team, I don't think you'll have a problem. And I think he'll get that going. I think he'll get you firing um, and moving in the right direction, especially after getting that win under your belt midweek. Exactly. And I think with the whole Mowbray situation, it's very much a work in progress because it's about installing that confidence back in the players and allowing them to express themselves as well. Because it was quite an interesting thing to see in the Blackburn game where uh, Bakuna and Dembele would drop to the bench and they're more of our kind of flair players. And Mowbray said after the game, he wanted more like sort of warriors on the pitch and not players that are going for nutmegs, which is a bit strange sort of like him to say, perhaps, you know, with wanting to play that attacking football, but he wants to sort of have that thing in the team where everybody works for each other and then you sort of bring on your players that are perhaps a bit more uh, skillful in the end, like to try and break down the team. But obviously the reverse fixture we had um, when Wayne Rooney was our manager, Mowbray was yours, uh, you guys beat us very emphatically. Um, if you can sort of think back to that reverse fixture, what were your sort of main takeaways from the game? I think it was it was good to kind of see to just click a little bit again because you know we'd had a bit of a again you know we had a bit of a wobble um Jordan you know, just before that game and I think we went through a run where we were th- that was the run where we had a couple of away games and we just we controlling the game and just couldn't find the back of the net I think the the biggest sort of positive for me was um, I know we kind of, you know, some of the players who we'd signed in the summer and hadn't really got much of a chance. Um, sort of, you know, they they seem to be bedded in a little bit more then. Um, I know um, Adilo Sheesh, he scored, um, he scored his first goal for the club in in that game. Um, but no, I just remember thinking it, it was it was the start of like a run of home games where we were just, we were playing with a lot of confidence and we were kind of sort of dispatching teams quite easily but that's that, that's been kind of a theme throughout the season where you know we've won 10 home games with only four away so I, I remember that the Birmingham game was you know I think the home game before them was Norwich um, and obviously Norwich have turned things around now but they were you know down the wrong end of the table when we played them uh, just before we, we played Birmingham actually and again it was the same sort of thing where we just we just looked very comfortable on the ball and we just looked like we, we were scoring goals quite easily so that was kind of my main sort of takeaway from from that game, um, and I mean, just looking at the uh, from your perspective, I just you know I, I know the pressure was kind of on on Rooney then, um, and I just remember thinking like 
you just played with it just seemed like it was just full of fear and it's it was almost like it was a case of you know the whole thing of like players didn't want to take a risk in case you know sort of looking on the on the negative side rather than like you know if this goes wrong then I'm going to be at fault for you know for us losing the game rather than if I take this risk and it pulls off then you know we might we might end up getting a result here um so yeah I did notice that a lot from you know, from but I, I, I remember watching a, a couple of games when Rooney was in charge, and I think it, that was that was the case. You know, I remember watching. I don't know if it was his last game, but uh, when you had Stoke at home. Oh, that um, was uh, Boxing Day. That was towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, and I just remember thinking, like, God, this is just. I mean, I remember Birmingham the season before, and when you know when, when we went to Birmingham, and we were quite lucky to get away with three points because you know we took a two 0 lead, but. Once you got that goal back, you were just absolutely like hammering at the door to get the equaliser. But it just seemed completely different this season. So no, it's I mean it it's good to see. I'm pleased that Mobley's got straight into a, a job again, but that was never really in doubt. I think it was a case of when he left Sunderland, there was always going to be a job lined up if you wanted it. Um and yeah, I just think it seems like a good a good place for him to go, um, and obviously, you know, I, I, I wish him the best. Just not on Saturday, but after that, <laughs> after that, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that's the general sort of consensus amongst some fans that they do like Tony Mowbray, don't they? Because of what he done for the club and everything. And um, on the reverse side of things, Joe Bellingham scored twice in that game. Um, now he's sort of been at Sunderland for a few months. You've seen him play a lot of games of football. What are your sort of thoughts on him and his progression? I, I really like him. Um, I think there was a bit of a worry at the minute that we're kind of playing him a bit too much. Um, and, you know, I mean, he started, I think it's something crazy, like out of the 32 league games, I think he started 29 of them, which, you know, is, is, is yeah, I mean, the thing is, a lot of our fans are kind of thinking back to a few years back when we had Callum Doyle on loan from Man City. Obviously, it then he was he was eighteen. We were in League One, and we were just playing him week in week out, and you could tell it was just he was getting burnt out. But the thing then was we didn't have any other cover. Now with with Joe Bellingham, we have other players who can play in his position, but we keep on playing him. And I, you know, I do like him. I think he's a good player. He's he's shown why there's a lot of you know hype around him. But at the same time, I'd like to see him, you know just be his own player and I I like to think that the way we're coaching him he's kind of developing his own identity but I just I, I personally I just think we're playing him too much and you know we he started on the bench on Saturday against Plymouth he came on for 25 minutes and he scored a really good goal and he looked that you know he looked sharp so if it was a case of if he went back to being sort of an impact sub for a little bit I mean I think that would be fine, and I think it would be it would be beneficial for him as well. You know, just to just to not have a, the the pressure sort of thrust on him from the off. Um, I, I would like to say that a bit more, but no, I mean he's a you know the, the talent's there, and I mean I think you no, know, a lot of Sunderland fans get frustrated with him, but I think it's important to remember that he's still only eighteen, and the comparisons with Jude, it's just. It's getting a bit boring now. It's just a case of you know, oh, he's not he's not as good as his brother. Like, yeah, but his brother's got a few years on him, and his brother's been coached at Real Madrid. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
give him at least at least give him a chance. You know, I mean, you know, Sunderland have a have a good youth academy, but we're not we're not Real Madrid. <laughs> but no, I mean, he's he's a good player, and you know, you just know what he is gonna. He's he's on the right trajectory. Um, I mean, I think he's you know he's tidy on the ball. Um, I, I just think I I think we just need to manage him a little bit better. To be honest, um, it'll be interesting to see if he starts on Saturday. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, because he started last night. Whether he gets rotated again, um, just have to wait and see, really. But it's, um, I, I would probably guess not. But no, I'm just gonna wait and see. No, I, I like him. I, I think he's he's a great player. Um, and obviously, you can see how he's obviously been developed through at Birmingham. Then you know he's kind of carried this on at, at Sunderland. So yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be a top player. I mean, you just just got to you know, it's got to have patience, really. The he's 18. That that's the big take, really. You just got to remember he's only 18. Exactly, because a lot of these top players, like you don't really think about their age, do you? Like some of them now, the way that they just sort of like burst on the scene, they're so young. Like a player for us that's kind of in that situation is Jordan James, where mm. he sort of plays quite a lot of games, played already a lot of games for Birmingham. I think he made his debut when he was 17, but people still forget how young he actually is and how much room he's still got to grow. So that's yeah. the thing with, you know, a lot of these players that come into the team when they're quite young. But a player that has played for Birmingham Sunderland that will not feature on the weekend is Alex Pritchard having made the move on deadline day to Birmingham from Sunderland what do you make of his departure from Sunderland and what do you think of him as a player it's it, it was a shame with Pritchard because he did he did a lot for us and I, I did like him as a player the problem I always used to find with him was he didn't have an impact often enough he'd go through spells where you know throughout December he was he was Incredible, you know. I mean, he got he came off the bench now, game against West Brom, and he, he absolutely changed the game. I mean, he got the assist for both of our goals and we ended up, you know, going on to win. He scored a brilliant goal on New Year's Day against Preston, and he, he just looked he looked sharp again. He looked like 
you know, he looked the kind of player which you know made us um, made us buy him. The way the way things went and the way it ended, it it was sad. I think there's faults in both camps. I think with there's fault with Pritchard and with the way the club went about it. I mean, you know, we don't know the the full details, obviously, but no, I mean. It, it was a shame. I mean, I, I did like Pritchard. He, he did, he did put a shift in, but the problem was it just not enough to be to regularly picked as a starter. Towards the end of his time here, like, yeah, he did. His performances did improve, um, but really, realistically, I mean, you know, he, he had six months left on his contract. I don't think even if he'd stayed till the summer, I don't think we would he would have got a, a new deal. So yeah, it, it seemed it seemed natural for him to to move on, really. Um, but no, I mean, again, he's he's got to move to a another good club. Um, he'll, I'm sure, when he is fully fit, he'll he'll get plenty of minutes because he, he can change a game. It's just getting him to do that on a regular basis was it was frustrating to watch. But you know, when when he was you know on his day, he was brilliant. But Unfortunately, he didn't have that many of those days, um, especially in the championship. Mm. And um, for the game on Saturday, it's expected to hopefully be a sellout, which would be fantastic mm. because we haven't had a sellout in five years. Tom Wagner, our chairman, sort of came up with a statement saying that he wants as many people to come to the game as possible. I imagine our win against Blackburn on Tuesday has boosted ticket sales because you'd much rather watch a win inside. Um, with Sunderland this season, You've already had, you know, a sellout with a game against Newcastle, massive fixture. So having that sort of capacity crowd in attendance, what does that do to sort of boost the morale of the players? I mean, you know, it gets it gets the place rocking. You know, I mean, you know, that, that game against Newcastle, I mean, you know, it got sort of overshadowed by the whole, you know, letting out the 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 kind of the the home bar, you know, the Black Cats bar. Oh to dear. Newcastle. Yeah, I, was, I was not going to bring that up. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's one of these where, kind of, it was it was horrible the way it was handled, and then it was a case of like, it did just put a dampener on the game. I mean, the game itself, you know, it was an eye opener just looking at the the gulf in between the two teams, but that did put a dampener on us. But no, I mean, it was the, the crowd itself, and you know, the, and the spectacle. It was it was fantastic. I mean, you know. I always think back to the times when we've had a sellout and in recent years, kind of the, the best occasion was the our playoff final, the playoff semi-final in the home leg where it was a sellout and it's the best atmosphere I've heard. So, you know, if you get a sellout crowd, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter how big the stadium is. If you get a sellout crowd and you get everyone on your side, it can be electric. And I know um, we're bringing just over 2,000 down and, you know, I think it'll only add to the atmosphere. And the problem is, when these big games come along, um, more often than not in the past, Sunderland ha- haven't really turned up to them. Um, I know that our two games against Middlesbrough this season, um, you know, it, although they're not, it's not really a derby, it's always a local game, it's always a bit feisty, but I always think that Middlesbrough kind of treat it as more of a derby than we do. And that tends to, they tend to, up their game, whereas we don't, and I think that's probably why we have a pretty bad record against them, in all honesty. But no, I mean, it, you know, if if it does sell out, which you know it sounds like it, it will now, um, I'm sure the atmosphere will be great, and you know, it's it it's just it's nice to experience these big crowds, and 
in proper football stadiums, really. So, yeah, I think it's it'll be a good game, um, no matter how the result goes. Yeah, because I don't think there's many teams in the championship that would sort of sell out their ground, depending on sort of where they are in the league, because obviously we're so low in the league, you know, sort of 18th, 19th. And I think Simon's one of the clubs that could easily sort of sell out, you know, if you have like a big game, regardless of where you are in the league. So I think it's two sort of proper clubs understanding each other. And um, when you speak about obviously proper fan base, think about Sunderland and watching Sunderland till I die. Obviously, that came out earlier this week. Have you watched it and what do you make of it? I have, yeah. Um, it's funny because I was I wasn't that bothered about watching the third series, but then I was thinking, well, no, this will this will be a bit of a happier ending because um, I really enjoyed the weirdly I I really enjoyed the first series, the second series. Not so much. So the third one, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. It's three episodes, but I thought it was brilliant. I mean, it you know it showcased a lot of what's good about the club. You know, I, I just love the the getting to know the you know the kind of the diehard fans and then the, the people who work at the club. And then it's always good to get a bit of an insight from the players as well, because you know there isn't any well, there's really any other kind of situation where you'd you get to know players in that much detail. You know, see, you know, Luke Nine featured. I mean, he's 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 been brilliant for Sunderland, really. Um, you know, I mean, he's he's made over two hundred and fifty appearances for us. Um, he's played what feels like every position apart from goalkeeper. Um, I mean, he, he I always make it, you know, always makes you laugh that um, on his debut he played left wing, and now he's he's played he's you know he's played pretty much every game this season as centre half. So. You know he's he's certainly a utility player, but no, I I enjoyed the series. Um, it's it's nice to, yeah, it was just nice to watch, watch it, and then just you know kind of see the the players who bought into the club and obviously what it means to all the fans, and you know most importantly, it, it was nice to relive the day out at Wembley. I mean, I, I went myself, and it was brilliant. You know, I remember getting into London nice and early, and then just thinking, you know, I've been to. The two games where we'd lost at Wembley in the same season. And I was thinking, you know, surely it's got to be third time lucky or something. Um and obviously it was and watching it back was it was just brilliant, you know, and it was it was good to watch. Um I always wonder sort of what what neutrals think of it, because you know um it's gonna be hard for me to watch without like rose tinted glasses because you know it's it's the club I've followed my whole life sort of thing. But no it it was good, um, and it was it was a nice it was a poignant ending, um, but no, it was it was nicely done, and it was a nice way to. I, I think that's it for now. Um, I think the, the the studio came out and said that they'll only make another one if we got the Champions League. So, yeah, they might. <laughs> you can never say that. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> Strange things happen. Oh, exactly, <laughs> you can't. But um, yeah, I think it'll be probably shelved for the time being. <laughs> <It's fair to laughs> <say it. laughs> Yeah, I mean, for anybody that hasn't watched it, I'd advise to watch it. And for anybody Blues fans that hasn't bought a ticket for the game, I'd strongly advise buying a ticket and hopefully we can sell out for the game. And finally, Paddy, what do you think the score's going to be? Okay, well, it'll be tight. Um, I think there'll be one goal in it. Um, And I also think we'll concede because we don't tend to keep many... I think the amount of times we've won 3-1 this season because we just can't keep clean sheet. Um, So yeah, I'm going to air on the side of Sunderland, I'm going to say 2-1. But again, I think, I think it's going to be close, um, very similar to the you know the game at St Andrews last year, where we had a 2-0 lead, we were cruising, and then we gave away a bit of a gift, and then all of a sudden the backs were against the wall. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be close, but 
I'm going to say Sunderland ledger 2-1. 2-1 Sunderland. I'm I'm thinking both teams will score as well, but I will go with 2-1 Blues. I'll go optimistic. I mean, the three games I've seen at St. Andrews this season, because obviously I'm going to the one on Saturday, the first one I saw was um, John Eustace against Millwall. Second one was uh, Rooney against Sheffield Wednesday, and now it's going to be Mowbray against Sunderland. So the three games I've seen at St. Andrews, three different managers. It's the most yeah. Blues thing ever. <laughs> it's not. It's crazy to think that you've had three different managers and it's the middle of February. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we have three different managers in January even, but I think by just sort of sheer luck, I think we've landed on the right manager for us at the moment. Yeah, the, the problem is, I mean, it's just, it's the way the football is now, isn't it? I mean, I know, you know, there's talk of obviously Stoke moving on their manager already. It's like, that's, it just seems ridiculous. You know, the, the, the way managers are just given barely any time to make an impact is just, it's ruthless, but it's just, it's the way it's going and everyone wants to, keep up I suppose and keep yeah. make sure they can compete exactly I mean that's just the nature of the championship every week there seems to be a new managerial departure doesn't yeah. there but um, thank you very much for your time Paddy um, if you want to shout out anything that's going on on your channel or like anything you're up to at the moment um, no I mean just just a general one really obviously I'm I write for Roker Report um, we have a dedicated team of, of writers on there who just you know really good quality stuff um, we have a podcast as well um, so yeah, a bit of everything really, and we do obviously pre and post match stuff and players ratings and all that, and um, yeah, just looking forward to um, yeah, I'm I'm getting to the game on on Saturday because I, I live I live in the Midlands, so uh, Birmingham's actually, I think after Coventry, it's probably the closest away game for me. So oh, wow. nice and easy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice yeah. So yeah, looking forward to um, seeing some of the other lads who um, who write for Rook Report as well. Looking forward to catching them at the weekend. So yeah, it should be. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it'll be a good, good day out. And uh, yeah, obviously, if it's a if it's a packed out ground, it should be a good atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to the game as well. And uh, if you've not bought a ticket, Blues fans, yet get that game sold out because that's what I really want to see. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Paddy. Uh, we'll have videos coming up in the future covering the game and after the game as well. Uh, make sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, and most importantly, keep running. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.